Hello, my name is Ed Palmer and welcome to Internal Communications in the Raw, the IOIC podcast. Now, there are a number of internal comms podcasts and no doubt they all have their merits. So why do you need this one? First of all, we're going to be hearing from a whole assortment of guests who work at the sharp end of comms in really significant roles within the industry. And secondly, our reason for existing is to have candid and perhaps uncomfortable conversations and to make sure that we never shy away from difficult questions, including the one that we're asking this episode, which is, has the COVID pandemic and the huge changes that it's caused killed off internal communications as we know it? Over to you, Jen. Right, okay, I will kick off then, thank you. I am Jennifer Sproul, I am the Chief Executive of the Institute of Internal Communication and thrilled to open up our first ever IOIC podcast. I want to allow now my co-host, Dominic Walters, to give yourself a brief introduction, Dom. Thank you, Jen, and hello, welcome to the podcast. My name is Dominic Walters. I'm a consultant around communication, particularly focusing on leadership. I'm a fellow of the Institute and member of the, the governance group as well. Brilliant. Thank you, Dom. And now I'm delighted to introduce our first ever guest, Tim Rotter, who is Head of Internal Communication for Tartar Steel, someone that I've chatted a lot to throughout this pandemic and, and I'm sure has lots and lots of fascinating insights and reflections to share with us today about you know how COVID has really impacted us in internal communication. Tim, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm really looking forward to it. To kick us off, do you think the virus has killed internal communication or given it a fresh lease of life? Yeah, it's a really interesting question, Jen. And, uh, you know, it's quite a surprise to see it because I guess over the last six months, you know, my feeling is that internal communications has never been more important. I've been sort of practicing for this for 30 years and it, and it feels like our time has come. And so I'm quite surprised, you know, this concept that you know, internal communications might be dead, but then flip that coin and you look at certainly what we've been doing. And for a number of years, people have been saying there's no such thing as internal communications because it's easily accessible outside the organization and so forth. But since uh, the pandemic and the lockdown, within Tata Steel, we've made a proactive choice to put our internal communications outside. And it's been revolutionary for us, really. Uh, and there's been very good reason for it. And we, you know, it's based on an analysis of uh, our audience. We used to have this whole debate about, do we call it employee communications or internal communications? But now we've had to break that and, and for good reason. And it's huge benefits. But Tim, it's interesting to, to talk a bit more about that, because I know that from, from previous conversations, you like to really get into the business. You like to have an influence with people and see the whites of their eyes, if you like. And I, I guess that must have been inhibited by COVID. So... How has COVID affected your ability as a communicator to have a real impact on Tata Steel, on the business? It's been incredibly difficult. And you're right, Dom, I, I, there's nothing I like more than, than getting out into the workplace and, uh, and talking to the guys at the sharp end. You know, it's such an awe-inspiring place, the Steelworks anyway. I think most people working in, uh, from home will recognise the fact that we tend to be within our own little bubble. You know, the number of people I speak to in a week now is maybe 30 within my company. When I'm in the workplace, it's probably 300 people you bump into in the corridor and you're driving past or you see them in the canteen or on the security gate or wherever. You, you've got a much more holistic picture than when you're working from home. So that's, it's really, really been challenging. Communications has been embraced by the senior leaders. Every day I sit with a meeting with the senior management team now. 
to get a better understanding of what's going on in the business. It's definitely changed something. Uh, and, it, and I refer to it as a genie that probably won't go back in the bottle now. But as internal comms, we've always said for years that that face to face is the most effective form of internal communication. Suddenly that's been withdrawn from us. And so now we're trying to create that energy and bring people back in through a virtual world. So, you know, how do we work around that if we're no longer being able to use face to face? Yeah, and it, and it's a really good point. Again, it's brought up some surprising insights for me, at, at least, you know. But one of the interesting aspects that's come to me is our, our regular briefings, which t- tend to sort of start traditionally with a senior management meeting and then that gets cascaded. Those are usually face to face with 50 or 60 people in a room. Because we've been forced to do them online, we've had to look again at how we make them engaging. You know, instead of using the standard sort of slide pack and, and a voiceover, we've kind of just had the seniors talking on camera, on screen. And the unexpected consequence of that is as a listener or a participant in that session, it feels like you're having a one-to-one. It feels like they're talking to you as an individual rather than as sitting as a group of 50 or 60. And that can actually be much more engaging. I, I describe it more like a chat show. And it's gone down the absolute storm. It's a much more human style of communicating. And it's allowed us to break away from this sort of fairly rigid, structured, PowerPoint-led briefing. Tim, let me build on that, because aside from your, your growing career as a chat show host, uh, it'd be good to reflect <laughs> back over the the last five or six months. Tell us as a communicator, firstly, what you're most proud of, uh, and then also what you regret or things that you've learned, things that didn't perhaps work out from a communication point of view. I've, I've learned a lot, and I think I think we've got a lot to be proud of. I think when we went into the pandemic, you know, I've got a good relationship with a local director in South Wales, and, and I said to him, we're going to adopt a tone of pulling people through with positivity rather than pushing them through with threats and, and potential consequences. So we've had a real positive tone of voice in our communications. One of the things we've done for the first two or three months, these were every single day, is to put out a called employee updates, but actually they turned into blogs from the director. So a personal blog, 500 words, all user email. And I know that's a controversial topic, but for us, it's, uh, it's been incredibly powerful. Since the start of the pandemic, we've now done 85 of these uh, blogs or whatever you want to call them. And they have been so consistent, so relentless that they haven't allowed uh, any gaps for rumours to appear. There were lots of celebrating successes, lots of shout outs to people who've done amazing things, uh, lots of recognition of the audiences who who may not be in work. So those people working from home, recognition of the furloughed employees. We've had thousands of people on furlough. And it's one of the reasons we put all of these blogs out on Facebook. So in a public in, uh, environment, we've been putting out these employee updates because we recognised that people on furlough, they can't log into their emails and they can't be invited to meetings and so forth so so in real danger of falling out of touch with the business but by putting things on in in, an external environment they can read it like any other member of the public can and that was also the thing that prompted us to launch our podcast so it's another thing i'm proud of we've just cracked on with it and then the engagement of people through this inside out tools has been has been fantastic the regrets i don't know part of me looks and thinks why haven't we done this before you know now we realize we can do it you know, that's another thing that's not going to go back in the box. And um, and hopefully podcasts will be, be the same. But... I just want to ask you a quick question on that, though, Tim, because you mentioned using Facebook for internal messages externally. How did you convince the senior managers to do that? Because I imagine they're quite reluctant to put stuff out on a public forum. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I asked for forgiveness rather than permission, probably. <laughs> yeah. 
think we got into the pandemic and it was like, we've got a choice to make here. We've got all these people on furlough and we've got no way of communicating with them. So let's take a punt and see how it goes. And so we started putting them out. You know, the response we've had from, you know, contractor organizations who don't have access to our internal tools, but get it on Facebook, to our offline employees who don't have computers at work, but can read it at home on Facebook, from their families, from community representatives, local politicians like Jess Morden in Newport and Steve Kinnock in Aberavon and local councillors in Port Albert saying, we're starting to get a real human perspective, a real insight into your business that we've never had before. We stand at the gates and look in and wonder what it's like in there and, and, and make judgments of it. And all of a sudden, every day, we're getting a real insight to a leader who is sort of holding his flag and saying, follow me. It's been incredibly positive for us, you know, and... Uh, Long may that continue. From your experience, to what extent can we expect an amalgam of internal and external media to be uh, more of a feature of internal communications in the future? It probably depends on your company and your brand and uh, you know your relationship with the external audience. And I think if you can get the tone of voice right and you can get the language right and you can explain topics in a context that people can understand that are you know, risk-free or low risk in terms of commercial sensitivity or reputation and so on, um, then absolutely they are. I really like your point as well around, you know, that, that regret about why didn't we do it that way before? And I've certainly been through that journey with IOIC, you know, when things change, like why did we always done things the way we do? But it just shows you, I think, how powerful communication is. One of the things that I always see that we're very passionate about, and I know you're an extremely passionate internal communicator as well as How do we make this a career of choice? We know there's lots of people that fall into it. And and at IOIC, we want to encourage people to really understand the scale and also the impact a role internal communication can have. So why would someone starting out now, why should people choose a career in internal communication, do you think? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, you know, I did I did my degree a long time ago, a very long time ago in engineering and uh, and probably fell into internal communications, having been in marketing and marcoms and so forth. You know, when I look at what my team does in terms of internal communications within Tata Steel, I can't think of, of any other part of the organisation which has such free access to every other part of the organisation, from the CEO to the trade unions, to the guys on the shop floor, we can go anywhere. You know, we should not underestimate the the skills that we have as communicators. We should not certainly underestimate the power we have as communicators. And the last six months have shown that in great relief, I think, the impact that internal communications can have on an organisation. You know, it can keep people in work, you know, that uh, discretionary effort. It can really contribute to that. It can improve your brand. It can encourage people to join your organisation. It can keep your community around you on board. It can engage your contractors. I don't think there's many other parts of any organisation who could claim to to be able to do that. And apart from anything else, it's a hell of a lot of fun. I have to say, I thoroughly enjoy it every day. We all have fun in our lives as well, don't we? <laughs> we absolutely do. So it, it sounds from what you're saying then, Tim, that uh, if you're nosy, have a, a lust for power and are up for fun, you should have a, a job in internal communication. Curiosity is a massive thing. You know, if you're really interested in what people are doing, why they're doing it, how things work, it's made for you, really. Uh, I also think you have to be slight, a slight cynic. I think as a good communicator, you need to say, why might that not work? Why might that story not land? And then address it to make sure it does land with your audiences. Tim, you've described very clearly what you've been doing as a communicator over the last six months in particular. Can I ask you to sum up in three words, if you can, 
your experience at Tata as a communicator during the, the COVID period? Oh gosh, uh, relentless would would with without doubt be my first one. It it has been utterly relentless in in terms of the communications we've been doing. I think liberating might be another one. It has released us to try some new things that we may not have tried before. You know, the the sort of daily updates, the putting stuff on Facebook, the 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 delving into the world of podcasting. That's probably something us comms people had insiders for years wanting to do, but the organisation pushed back, and all of a sudden we had license to do it. So that would be my second one, liberating, and I think I think rewarding. I know it's been an incredibly difficult time for so many people, people worrying about their jobs and, and the health impact on, on society and all the difficulties that come with it. So it feels a bit, feels a bit inappropriate to say rewarding and the fact we've in, in, you know, enjoyed it. But as a, as a communications professional whose life has been dedicated to you know, improving an organisation, to motivating the people within it, then we've had six months of doing that every day, every single day. Comments you're getting back from people are just incredible, you know. And the teams in the workplace and the steelworks are saying, "No, oh, thank you. Well, for all your updates, they're really keeping us on board and keeping us motivating, and we know why we're doing it all." And I'm like, "That's what. That's it. Job done." As we look forward, hopefully it'll be less relentless. But let's move on to that liberation. And absolutely everything we do should always be full of reward. I just want to say thank you so much, Tim, for sharing your insights today and your thoughts. Actually, just hearing what the positive impact the pandemic has had on the role and what you've done at Tartar Steel. So hopefully that will inspire some of our listeners to think about what they're doing differently. Fantastic. Absolutely. I've really enjoyed it talking to you. And uh, we've had a blast, uh, but there's plenty more to go, isn't there? Huge thanks to Tim Rutter from Tartar Steel for his insights. So has the pandemic and the shock to the way that industries in every sector operate killed off internal comms as we know it? Well, clearly huge changes have taken place. And when it comes to internal comms practice, the genie is out of the bottle and it's not getting back in again. And as an industry, we've had to adapt in ways that nobody anticipated. But these changes, new channels, greater transparency, greater responsibility to name a few, although forced on us, might actually be a really good thing from a comms perspective. So that is episode one of Internal Communication in the Raw. If you'd like to get in touch with us, either to address the issues that we've discussed or to suggest new ones for future episodes or to find out more about the IOIC, please email jen at jennifer at ioic.org.uk. Thanks for listening.